Today's reading is Psalm 103, and it's on page 428 of the Bibles. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat our sins as, us, as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you, his servants, who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works, everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, O my soul. This is the word of the Lord. Then in verse 5, if you look down, he says that he satisfies him with good things. His youth is renewed like the eagles. Now the Bible mentions eagles in a few places. It's around 35 verses, I think. They are a symbol of strength and youth in the scriptures. Eagles are mentioned at certain times. Um, and what they're known to do is... At certain times of year, they, they pluck out their old feathers and they make room for new ones, a new plume, a new growth of feathers. And it's this impression that people have used over time to say, look how the eagle renews its youth. It's also in Isaiah uh, the, uh, chapter 40, verse 31, which I'm sure we all know as well. It says this, but whose hope is in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. As the eagle's feathers are renewed, God renews the psalmist's youth, the psalmist's vigor. And so this morning, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, to urge your soul to praise the Lord like the psalmist with all your being. Why? Well, think of the benefits that he's given you this morning. Think of all the good gifts that he's poured out for you. 
the best thing of all is the forgiveness that we have through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. If you accept his free gift, not only has he redeemed us, but as his child, you'll no longer face life in the pit, but an eternity with your heavenly father. Who or what could ever deserve our praise more than God? Do we want our praise to recognize the magnitude of what God has done and is doing and will do through us? The second point then, in verses 16 to 18, the psalmist changes from talking about the particular benefits which he himself has received from God to God's general grace to all his people of the covenant. God's grace, God's mercy to all his people, wherever they've been oppressed, he's been there with them. And, and, and has displayed on their behalf righteousness and justice, we see in verse 6. And the most obvious place to go to see this revealed was to Moses and the children of Israel. And that's exactly where the psalmist goes as well in verse 7. The oppressed people in Egypt... God reveals himself to Moses and his people. See how mighty their God is through his deeds. And the psalmist then reminds us that as God stood there with Moses, this was his name in Exodus 34 verse 6. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. The psalmist puts this in his own words here in verse 8. And after giving God's name, he then explains what the name means. What does it mean that God will be compassionate, gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love? Well, if you look at the next verse, it follows on. It means that he will not always accuse us of the sins we've committed. He will not always stay angry with us forever for what we have done wrong against him. And the psalmist gives us a wonderful truth about what he has done for us with one of the most famous verses from all of the Psalms. Verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. This is great because the point of this is that you can't look at the east and the west at the same time with your eyes anyway. You might be able to cheat with a panoramic photo on your phone, but As far as the east is from the west, so far as God removed our transgressions from us. If you look at the east, you won't see the the west and vice versa. To see one, you have to turn your back on the other. And also, how far away are they? They're opposites. They never meet. In the sense that if I go one way, I'll never get to the other one. I'll never reach the other one because it's not a destination. I could keep walking forever and ever. Notice the psalmist doesn't say north and south. You can walk north and end up going south. But with east and west, they never meet. In this section of the psalm, we see other examples of God's mercy as well. It was already mentioned um, in verse 9 and 10 where it says that God won't also accuse and he won't be angry forever. God will treat us with... uh, God will not treat us, sorry, as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. God has set limits on his own righteous wrath against sin. There is a time limit that he will not always accuse us. 
And secondly, there's also a restraint upon his anger. Instead of a just judgment, which we deserve, our gracious God does not treat us as our sins deserve. And then we get two more statements about God's mercy for his people in verses 11 to 14, if you look with me. These these statements are so great, you could spend hours looking at them and meditating on each one. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. We've, We've heard this one already. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. God knows that we are frail. And just as a father has compassion on his children, so God has compassion on his children, on those who fear him. The psalmist uses the imagery, as in Psalm 90, that we are like grass and that we live for a short time and then we're gone. This highlights to us then how great God's mercy is because God's love remains forever even when people are long gone and the place where they walked and lived is forgotten about. God's love still remains throughout eternity. The truth that God's love lasts forever is a great comfort to us. In 200 years, the place where you live now will be inhabited by someone else and they will have had no idea that you lived there unless you write on the wall secretly under the plaster or whatever, you know. The, the next generation will not, not know that we were there, but God's love remains throughout the generations. And those who love him and keep his commandments, for them, God's love and his righteousness endure forever. So although humans are frail and forgetful, And like grass which soon passes away, God's mercy is so great that it will be available to all generations that follow us. Also because God's mercy is so great, we have all eternity to look forward to it with our creator. The truth that God's love lasts for all eternity means that we can surely say that the best is yet to come. I encourage you then, to urge your soul to praise God, not only for the benefits that he gives you this morning, but for his great mercy that he shows to all the people and all his love that lasts forever. The last paragraph of the psalm, verses 19 to 22, the psalmist turns his attention from God's love for his covenant people and shows us his sovereignty over all creation. He tells us that God has established his throne in heaven, and from there he rules over all, verse 19. The psalmist is also convinced of God's universal kingdom. And if you look, the writer summons the whole created order to praise God. Everything that has been created is to praise him. Firstly, he addresses the mighty angels in verse 20, which are also called God's hosts or servants those created to do his bidding and those who obey his word. And next he turns to the lower order of creation, verse 22. Everyone and everything is to praise God. The psalmist knows that God is worthy of all creation's praise. 
God, the creator of all things, the sustainer. All creation belongs to him. He's the king over it. So, of course, all creation should worship him. We were made to worship him. The psalmist ends the psalm by coming back to himself and urging his soul to praise God, as he did in the beginning. And that is how we should finish this morning. But how can we do this? Well, we've heard some wonderful songs today that have helped us to praise God, that have helped us to get in that mood. We've heard uh, the psalm where the psalmist praises personally and then collectively and then urges everything to worship God. But there's a couple of things that we can learn from the psalmist today, and that's how to get ourselves in the right mindset, the right heart attitude. The psalmist praises God by remembering all that God has done for him. What does that look like for your life? When you look back and see the times that God has reminded you of his great mercy and his everlasting love, those times when you receive God's great peace from his forgiveness, when you've struggled with that sin that you've committed yet again, If you don't feel like worshipping God, then read his word. Remember all the benefits that he's given you. Remember his great mercy, his everlasting love. Look around you at the creation and see how it is praising God, the king, the ruler. What does it look like to praise the Lord with all your soul? Well, that might look differently for each of us, um, however you do it. Singing, dancing, sharing the gospel with others, giving money, serving, or meditating on God's word, or praying in private. However you do it, however you want to do it, I urge you to do it. Praise the Lord with all your soul. And if you're here this morning and you're not a child of God, you're wondering why you should... um, worship God then have have a chat with a Christian come and see me afterwards or or someone else who maybe brought you along today maybe you don't know much about um, what this writer is speaking of today but I encourage you to come and, and find out more as we leave church today then as you wake up tomorrow morning what will be your first thought What will be the thing that you praise tomorrow? Will it be your heavenly father? Or will it be something else? Or will it be no praise from your lips? Will it be that you're grumbling about the the humidity of, of Hong Kong or something like that? So tomorrow, remember to praise the Lord. Let's finish with this then. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not his benefits. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in love. And as far as the east is from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us through the precious blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Let's pray. Wonderful Heavenly Father, glorious King Jesus. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are our God. 
We praise you, O Lord. We thank you for who you are. It's wondrous what you've done for us. And we ask, Lord, that we would never forget it. We ask, Lord, that tomorrow morning, as we wake up, we might feel tiredness. And as we wipe the sleep out of our eyes, we pray that we would remember you, your greatness, and that we would praise you as you deserve, almighty God. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for your gospel, for the goodness of your redeeming love and grace. In your son's name, amen.